Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, pal? I'm good. I'm good, Jonathan. How are you doing, huh? Doing you're good. Not, you're not ready to jump off a bridge or anything, right? Not yet. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm just looking at the scores from last night's Bruins and Rangers game. And... Not yet, Mike. Not yet. Okay. But I'm getting there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, I don't want you to do that. So, you know, just making sure that you're, uh, you know, oh. give, us, give us a holler before you... Well, you know, I appreciate you caring, <laughs> but for some reason, I feel like if I'm on that bridge, your hands will shove me in my back. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. That's what you say. Uh, if I did, I'd be wearing a Boston Bruins jersey. <laughs> uh, or you could be John Leary. Uh, John might be up there helping me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, if they, if, listen, if they get the sweep, you'll probably talk me down because, you know, he got the win. So. I, I mean, you know, i got to be honest. I really didn't – I never would have thought that that was going to go to a sweep, but it – wow, I mean, after last night. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look good. It, it really doesn't look good, but we'll get to that in a few minutes, Mike. Yeah, but first, it okay. is Open Forum Wednesday here on FanJunkies Radio. I want to throw out the number to all of our listeners, and it's 347 237 Call in with your questions, your comments, or if you want to discuss something we're talking about today, or you want us to discuss something that we're not talking about, call in. If you want to tell us to shut up. Yes. Or if you want to help Mike push me off the bridge. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Whatever is on your mind. Give us a holler. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Well, let's start it off with today's sports. Well, you know, we were talking about this guy a little bit pre-show, so it's kind of ironic. Uh, On this date, back in 1975. Your Jets quarterback, Joe Namath, turned down a $4 million offer to play for Chicago in the World Football League. Now, I want you to consider for a moment, 1975, that was a substantial amount of money. Yes, it was. $4 million. And also consider for a moment that in 1975, Joe Namath was nearing the end of his career. In fact, I think uh, the 75 season with the Jets was the last full season that he actually played. He played another year in 1976, but he only started eight games, and then in 77, he started four games for the Rams. Well, his knees were just well, yeah. a wreck. So, you know, one's got to wonder, I mean, was that really a smart move on the part of Namath not to accept that offer? No, no, it wasn't. Um, I kind of wish he would have accepted the offer. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of listening to him. Maybe he would have been talking about Chicago teams exactly. instead of Exactly. Exactly what I was thinking when we were talking a little uh, bit pre-show. If this guy had gone to Chicago, maybe you guys could have gotten rid of him off your sidelines. Would have been nice. Dear God, this guy's constantly... Oh, man. Would have been very, very nice, Mike. Uh, his mouth, man, just uh, gets annoying. It does. But let's go into... The NHL playoffs, Mike. Yep. I'm a little sad. Very sad, actually. But it is what it is. 
And two games last night on the bill, Bruins, Rangers. Bruins won 2-1. Rangers, once again, just couldn't hold on. 2-1, nothing lead in the third. Let the Bruins score two goals. The Bruins now lead the series three games to none, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and again, we were just talking about it. I mean, I, I, I would have thought that this would have been a lot closer than this series has been so far. Albeit, the games themselves have all been kind of – I've been somewhat close. They have been pretty close, Mike, but doesn't matter because a loss is a loss. Other game on the bill last night, Sharks and Kings. 2-1 Sharks, series now tied two games apiece, Mike. Yeah. Turned into a good series. It has. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not quite sure where to go with that one. Um, uh, the Kings really came out in that series really looking good in the first couple of games. Uh, and it, it's the, the pendulum has swung back. I guess it's kind of typical of a number five and number six playing against each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tonight on the NHL playoffs, Mike, Penguins, Senators, um, Penguins lead the series two games, 2-1. Right. And t- uh, tomorrow, we got Bruins and Rangers. Could be a Bruins sweep. Um, hopefully, the Rangers can at least steal one game away yep. from Boston and make me feel a little better. Also, Blackhawks and Red Wings. Uh, Red Wings lead the series now 2-1 to one against the Blackhawks, Mike. Mm-hmm. And then Sharks and Kings again. So, by that time, we'll see who'll go up three games to two. Before we get into our NBA playoff update, Mike, I uh, just want to send out our condolences, our prayers, our thoughts, and our feelings to the people of Oklahoma City and more Oklahoma. Terrible, terrible tornado down there, Mike. One of the uh, it was you know we've all seen footage and yes. it was just absolutely astounding. Uh, it has now been listed as one of the most powerful tornadoes, I guess, basically in the history of the country, at least since they've been keeping record of this sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's been tough, uh, you know, just watching the footage. Um, it, it, you know, it's it's that heartbreaking for us to watch it from afar. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Being even near that or a part of it. Well, and living through it, yeah. Uh, it, you know, and it, it was it was an unusual storm from the standpoint that you know we're used to hearing about tornadoes touching ground, being on ground for maybe a couple of minutes, and then dissipating. This thing apparently was on the ground for forty minutes. Yep, forty minutes, and it was uh, classified as an EF uh, EF four, I believe, right? Uh, five, actually. Oh, so it went, it went up now. Okay. Yeah, they 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 increased. What tornado you have? Yeah, they increased it last evening, which I, I an EF five EF five I believe is the strongest known, or at least the yes. strongest categorized uh, tornado uh, that the Weather Service uses. Yes, one hundred and seventy to two hundred miles per hour. Per hour, right? Wow, wow. Um, God bless the people down there. Absolutely. It, I mean, it was. It the, the, looks the, like a war zone. It really. The pic- yeah, the pictures of the devastation were just, just uh, uh, jaw dropping. Yeah, crazy. Well. Once again, our uh, thoughts and prayers out to everybody, Oklahoma City and more Oklahoma. Um, you know, we're thinking about you. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs now, Mike. We had one game last night. That was the Spurs and Grizzlies. Spurs taking a two games to none lead with a 93-89 win. Grizzlies looked a little better in this matchup, Mike. Yeah, well, I guess they had to because, for God's sake, they looked terrible in the first game. I mean, they, they were beaten. looked awful. But yeah. at the same time, Zach Randolph, 6-for-18, only 15 points last night. Yep. Uh, Jared Bayless, 18 points off the bench. 
Marcus Ohl looked a little better, 12 points, 14 rebounds, 2 blocks. Uh, at least they got 18 points from Mike Connolly. You know, it's got to be a complete team effort to try to beat this San Antonio Spurs team, Mike, because they are just insane. Yeah, this this might just have been too much to ask from that Memphis Grizzlies team. I mean, seriously. Uh, you know, I've been I've been doing the whole TikTok, TikTok, uh, is this Cinderella team over uh, sort of uh, thing over on our uh, Frat House Sports Facebook page. Uh, and, and they might, they might have just hit the wall here. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Um, can they steal a game away from the Spurs, Mike? Oh, I think they can. Absolutely, but, uh, they can. Yeah. If the Spurs keep playing like this right now, I just don't see it. And look at Tony Parker last night, eighteen assists, man. Yeah, and interestingly enough, now we've got two games that are down and in the books in the West, and in the East we haven't even started yet. So I believe that series starts tonight. Is that right? Uh, yes, it does. It starts tonight, and that is the Pacers and the Miami Heat, Mike. Yeah, and uh, more than likely we're going to have, my, my my suspicion would be we're going to have a number one going up against the number two in the final. Yep, Heat Spurs. Heat Spurs. But who knows? You never know. Pacers could shock the world, Mike. The Pacers one of the biggest upsets in sports history. The Pacers could, and, uh, well, hey, we'll throw it out there to our listeners. How many would like to see that? <laughs> I I would. Oh yeah, listen. I think I think a lot of us would. You know, we're always we're always rooting against the guy that sets the favorite, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so it wouldn't bother me in the least to see LeBron in Miami go down. We like our underdogs, man. Absolutely. We really, really do. Would have been better if it was my New York Knicks, but it's yeah, what it is. Some, um, I guess you could call it breaking news, Mike. Uh, coming out just before we went on the show, and that's uh, former Bears linebacker Brian Urlacher announcing his retirement. Right. Um, he sent out a little bit of a statement here. I'm going to read it to you, Mike, and this is what I was telling you about before. Um, probably one of the better statements I've read from a player um, hanging up his, his cleats here, and he says, After spending a lot of time this spring thinking about my NFL future, I've made a decision to retire. Although I could continue playing, I'm just not sure I would bring a level of performance or passion that's up to my standards. When considering this, along with the fact that I could retire after a 13-year career wearing only one jersey for such a storied franchise, my decision became pretty clear. I want to thank all the people in my life that have helped me along the way. I will miss my teammates, my coaches, and the great Bears fans. I am proud to say that I gave you, gave all of you everything I had every time I took the field. I will miss this great game, and I leave with no regrets. Class. Class. Absolutely. He's always been a classy, classy guy, Mike, on the field, and he shows that, look, he's going to be a classy guy off the field. And you know what? He's going to miss the great game. No, he's going to be back in the NFL, man, doing something. Oh, I agree with you. I think he will be. Uh, it, you know, won't be immediately, but I, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think you'll definitely see Urlacher over on the sideline someplace, uh, you know, perhaps as a defensive coordinator or something later on down the line. Uh, but, uh, you know, this shouldn't really be coming as a surprise, in my opinion, to, to any uh, sports fans or even uh, Bear fans out there. I mean, uh, he had kind of insinuated it. Uh, back when the uh, Bears had cut him to begin with. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, he wasn't quite sure where he was going to go, what he was going to do, whether he was even going to stay in the game. So I, I don't think it comes as a surprise, necessarily. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, it really does not come as a surprise. I mean, I could say right away that when the Bears got rid of Brian Urlacher, you saw how upset he was that they got rid of him, in, the, in you know, in the way that they did. Um, I think if they would have sat him down and said, listen, we're going to get rid of you. Let's talk about what your future has and what it could hold. There's a possibility that Brian Urlacher could have came, you know, they didn't have to get rid of him right away. 
they could have came to, you know, Brian Urlacher could have came to the decision two months ago that he wanted to retire before they even got rid of him. And it would have been in a classier move by both parties, you know? So Yeah, except uh, he wasn't going to go anywhere. And, no. uh, unless his hand was forced, he would have played next year for the Browns, or for the Browns, for the, for the uh, Bears. Yeah, He would have played. Um, and I, you know, he, listen, he may have played another two seasons. Um, but I, you know, I think the whole thing is, it, it's, you know, I, I really don't believe that the man wanted to pull on the jersey of another team. I think that's what it was. No, he didn't. He didn't, Mike. And there's very few players that want to retire before signing with another team. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of teams out there that could use a Brian Urlacher. Yeah, it's true. I'm sorry. You know, uh, you, you know, you got the Cleveland Browns. Oakland Raiders, you know, even some teams that could compete could use a Brian Urlacher. And, um, you know, he could have made more money, but he decided, listen, I, you know what, it's it's more important for me and to my fans to retire a Chicago Bear than it is to retire on a team that I'm only going to be with for a season. Right, and that's, that's where in his actions and his comments that you just read off there, Jonathan, that's in where it's a real class act. Yeah, it really is. So now let me ask you this, Mike. Um, 1,300 plus tackles, 41.5 sacks, 22 interceptions, uh, 12 forced fumbles, 91 pass deflections. Do we see Brian Olacker in the Hall of Fame? You know, that's a good question. I'd, I don't, I'd have to take a look and see how those numbers compare to others of his ilk, uh, that are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, you know, the the immediate romantic uh, reaction is oh absolutely yeah. that's your immediate re- reaction. Uh, it, it's interesting. There's been a lot of Hall of Fame chat in the past couple of days on some of the sports talk uh, shows that I've been listening to, uh, either talking about baseball Hall of Fame or uh, the NFL Hall of Fame, football Hall of Fame, and uh, it's far too often fans have a tendency to react uh, emotionally. Mm-hmm. to someone going into the Hall of Fame. I, for one, say it really has to be simply based on numbers. Yes. Has and I don't know, uh, Jonathan, you're, you, you're, you're a little quicker on the, on the, hey, on the gun with that. Know, I looked at I some of the numbers. Um, he could make it. I think it's going to be very close. Mm-hmm. If he goes up against some people that are you know have better numbers, he's not going to make it. But, unfortunately, this is the NFL, and it is the NFL Hall of Fame, Mike, and he is a name. Right. He's a very popular name. I think uh, with stats plus name, he's going to get in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's possible. But you know what? He's such a classy guy. He was such a phenomenal player on the field. I'd be okay with it. Oh, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I, I mean, I'm, I don't have an issue with it at all. Yeah. Um, I'm just not certain if it's uh, deserving. That's, that's all I'm saying. Let's throw it out to the fans. Let's throw it out there to the listeners. Yeah. Do you I think see, Brian Urlacher should be in the Hall of Fame? I see uh, sidekicks in the chat room. Maybe he wants to respond to that and let us know whether he thinks. Or if anybody uh, uh, you know want you know wants to call and ask, you know let us know. Do you think Brian Urlacher is a Hall of Famer? Give us a call at three four seven two three seven five three seven three and let us know. Yep. Well, Mike, we were going to say congratulations to Mike Trout last night. <laughs> he was the longest player since 1930 to hit for the cycle. 1930 being Mel Ott, Mike. And um, then we came across a picture last night. Yeah. um, You can see on his single that Mike Trout is out. Yeah. Clearly out, but the rule that he was safe, so it is a cycle. 
congratulations, Mike Trout, for that. Um, well, maybe. Maybe. He killed me. He killed me last night on my fantasy team because I, the guy I played against had him on uh, had him on his team. So that yeah. killed me last night. I was winning until that. You know, we looked at the picture, Mike. Yeah. On a single, he roped one towards Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke, of course, being off the first base bag, had to flip it over to pitcher Aaron Harang. Right. Aaron Harang's ba- foot clearly on the bag. Right. Ball in his glove. You can't miss it. The ref, uh, You know what? The umpire is only three feet away from him. And standing in front of the play, looking straight down at the bag. Trout's foot, still about a foot off of the bag. Yeah. Um, clearly out, you know, and this isn't, you know, this isn't to knock Mike Trout. I love Mike Trout, phenomenal player. Uh, probably going to go down as one of the, you know, if he keeps going the way he's going, going to go down as one of the best baseball players probably that we ever seen, Mike. Um, well, but, early on, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment yet. I mean, let's, let's hold off. I'm, I mean, you know, if he keeps going the way he's going and he consistently hits 30 to 40 home runs a season over 100 RBIs a season, he's, Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, okay, but, it, it, you know, listen, we heard that sort of thing when, when Ryan Howard first started, too, and we we see where that's going. Sucks. Uh, no, you can't say that. Sucked. You can't say that. He always sucked. <coughs> Give him a couple but, of bionic knees, man, you'll be happy. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know how you missed this one, and for God's sake, <laughs> we've we've had we've had conversations on, uh, and I've heard numerous conversations, and... There have been numerous controversies recently about blown calls by umpires. Yeah, and it really seems to be worse this year than I have than I've remembered it in the past. Uh, you know, look, I, I don't mind the human element in the game. I think it's important to have there. Yeah, but some of the some of the bonehead calls or lack of calls that have been made in Major League Baseball so far through the first seven weeks. It just is mind-boggling. Yes. And I don't know how – I mean, the, the picture that I'm looking at that, that you sent over to me this morning, Jonathan, I'm looking at this, and it just blows me away. The umpire is standing right there looking down at the back. Yeah. And I don't know how you missed that. Does this go down with the whole uh, Armando Galarraga Joyce thing? I mean, because he was right there as well. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, what was I guess what's surprising about this so far is that we haven't heard more about this missed call. And I'm wondering as the day progresses forward whether we will hear more about this one in particular. Yeah. Um, all we've heard so far, I mean, it's just the accolades for the fact that Mike Trout, you know, uh, you know, secured a, a cycle. Yes. Uh, this changes the entire the entire thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, if it was a no-hitter, he would be the youngest player at 21 years, 288 days old, Mike. Uh, breaking, well, I, I guess you could say breaking the record of Alex Rodriguez, who did it in 1997 at 21 years old. Uh, excuse me, 21, 313 days old. Mm-hmm. So only by not many days younger. So before that, 1964, Jim Fergosi, 22 years old. Yeah, uh. he's out. He's out. So... You know, and I, I, it goes to the whole question, and it's been brought up numerous, numerous times now this season. Yeah, you know, the whole issue about uh, uh, replay and how how far replay is going to go in baseball. Um, I, 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 you know, I for one, 
I could see replay being utilized, but I don't want it dominating the officiating of a game. Yeah. Brett, the game's uh, long enough as it is. Our good friend Brooklyn Daniel just uh, wrote over to me saying, it was a single. It's not like this was a homer, a no-hitter, a game-changer. It was a single. Okay, but wait a minute, Brett. It, it's, it still goes down in, in the stats book. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we going to – wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, but that makes it sound like, oh, okay, wait a minute. It's only a single, so let it go. Uh, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> What's right is right. What's wrong is wrong. I mean, period. That's the way it goes. Those are the rules of the game. Yeah. I mean, we can't just overlook it simply because, oh, well, he was on the brink of getting a cycle, and, well, look, it was only a single. Yeah. <laughs> I told Brett to call in. I, 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 I called in right now. Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Okay. What's going on, Brett? Oh, come on, Mike. It's a single. It's yeah, a Brett, single. It's- this isn't a home run. This isn't this isn't uh you know eight and two thirds of an <laughs> inning with a no hitter on the line, a perfect game. It's a single. I mean, it's a blown calls on singles. They happen every game. I mean, yes, but they are. I, I think historical compared to Armando Galarraga, but I think to compare it to like Galarraga and things like that is is way off base. I mean. Why? I, like, listen, a no-hitter goes into the stats book and the history book, so does a cycle. It, it absolutely Especially does. But, the, but youngest we're talking about a too. single. It, it doesn't matter. It's it's what the single was about, though. I mean, do you do you think the people in Seattle today are, are throwing fits over the fact that in a 12 nothing game that Mike Trout got, got a single? They're, I, they're, I don't think it matters. No fans well, in Seattle. No, you're, you're, you're right about that. I would agree <laughs> with you there, but I, I think as fans of baseball, I think we have to look at this. Uh, uh, objectively, not you know, not that. Oh, okay, let's look at what the score was, or oh, okay, come on, the guy only needs one more hit for the for the cycle. I mean, you have to look at it objectively. He's clearly, clearly out. That, that's the bottom line. It makes no difference what the circumstances of the game are. <laughs> but but to make it, I mean, to make it news. It's not news. I, I mean, I, I completely disagree in the aspect that this blown single is is now news. I, I mean, this is not this is not even on par with the recent blown calls in the league. You know, with with the call in Cleveland a few weeks ago on on the blatant blatantly missed home run call. I mean, and I believe there was one the uh, I don't know the next night or two days after. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is to me this is so yeah. minute. I mean, it's it's a it's a single. I mean, this happens all the time. If Mike Trout didn't get hit for the cycle. Yeah. Nobody would even know about this missed call on a single right now. Well, okay, you you you're absolutely right. There, I mean, because it was a cycle, it's still a blown, a huge blown call. Right, but but all right, all right. In, in defense of Brett, he's correct. No, he is if, correct on that. If this was if this was just a regular single by any, no, it wouldn't be no for nothing. But because it goes down as him now being the youngest player ever to hit a cycle. Correct. It goes into the books as a cycle when it wasn't. <laughs> and I love Mike Trout. I was all for it, man. As soon as I see it, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Great for Mike Trout. And then oh, all I agree. Of, I agree. You know, I saw this picture, and, you know, listen, if Mike Trout was one for five last night and this was his only hit, nobody would have cared. Of course, you know. Right. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I can I can understand it, but you know, Mike yeah. Trout was going to break ton, a ton more records. I mean, last year you saw the, the, the things that he put up. I mean, breaking. Uh, 
breaking previous records set by Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio. I mean, things we haven't seen done in 90, in, well, none of us have ever seen done. Maybe Mike has, I don't know. <laughs> 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 things that most of us haven't seen done in 80 or 90 years. I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not done seeing Mike Trout break records. And I think that, uh, you know, here in Millville, New Jersey, uh, my hometown, I mean, I, I'm, I've been very lucky to, to know Mike for a long time and to know his family. And, and I'll tell you what, the, what he has done to this city is incredible. I mean, you can't turn down a single block without seeing Mike Trout's face on a big poster, you know, home of, home of Mike Trout, Millville, New Jersey, all over the place. I mean, when there are more Trout jerseys all over town than you see of any single Philly, you know, probably all the Phillies combined anymore, it's a really – incredible thing to see what what he's done for the uh for the home area here and uh, and and obviously it's spread around to kind of the, the entire philadelphia area and i really look forward to next year when uh when the anaheim angels come play a uh, three-game series in philadelphia yeah yep well you got to get a road trip man you all got to go absolutely well yeah it's only 20 minutes away well uh, I, I think the blown call on this, though, uh, Brett, and you bring up the other uh, absolutely horrific officiating we have seen so far just this season. Uh, it just goes to the heart of uh, the whole uh, call for replay. Um, and uh, what's what's your stand on that one? I mean, I think it's inevitable. I think it has to happen. But at the same point, I am an old-school baseball fan, and I, uh, for the sake of the game, I, I don't want to see – Instant replay, you know, in baseball, there's so many bang-bang plays. I mean, there needs to be some kind of limit. I mean, you can almost ask a, a manager, can almost ask for a review almost every inning on some of these bang-bang plays. And for me, that would ruin the, the game of baseball. Uh, I also think that baseball already most of the time takes too long. I, I mean, I love right. the sport, but I find that it drags. On most nights, I have trouble sitting through a Phillies game. I mean, it doesn't help that they're atrocious. <laughs> But I have I have trouble doing that anymore, and instant replay is just going to slow that down. Uh, you know, so I don't know where the happy medium is, but I think that it's inevitable of, of some kind. Yeah. yeah. Hey, bruh, you know what? We're joined now by our good friend Jameson. Jameson. He was Jameson. He was say. Okay, he wasn't safe. Thank you. I'm glad somebody else I'm agrees safe. with me here. No, he, he agrees with us. He just said he wasn't safe. Oh, I was being a little facetious. It was a tie goes to the runner kind of situation. That's what the umpire call is, at least to justify that. But, you know, it's not even a tie. Damn it wasn't a tie. <laughs> it, was, it was a fraction of a second. It was a couple of frames on the on the super, super, duper slow-mo camera. Well, well my that, God, if they're able to crap with it, if we can get a screenshot of this, it's uh, this clear. I've seen it. Okay. I, I, I know. I've seen. I know he was out. I know that. I'm not debating that. But you can You know, Harold Reynolds brought up a point uh, on MLB Tonight a couple of years ago when it comes to being an all star and having a reputation and getting calls your way. And Trout's an all star. He has a reputation for being arguably the fastest runner on the base path since Mickey Mantle. It's been clocked, and Sports Science has done a whole hullabaloo on that in the past. Uh, you know, he got the call on reputation to a certain extent, too. Reputation? The guy's been in the league for a, a, a season and a half. But he's already <laughs> built up a... As, no, but uh, what I'm saying is he's already built up the reputation. He's already built up a pretty extensive resume at such an early age. 
That's all I'm saying. I agree with that, Jim. I mean, you watch some of these national games, and when I well, mean, the games on Fox on the weekends and things like that. I mean, and when you when the commercials start scrolling, I mean, you see Mike Trout more than you see any other player in baseball anymore. It's just, just it's about. phenomenal to me what's happened with his career so fast. It's it's incredible. I mean, we are we are witnessing something that we've just we none of us have seen before in our lifetimes. And well, I, I saw that with Babe Ruth coming up, so. Yeah, no, he saw that way before that with Honus Wagner, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I, I, but I, I, I'm going to preface everything you've said, Brett, oh, by saying man. this, and I've said this before on my podcast, and I think I've said it before on this show. I hope and I pray, and there's the cynical side of me coming out, that he's oh, clean and he's doing it the right way. He has I, I hope you know you got to be a little bit cynical in this day and age. You have to be. Sad reality. I'm a big fan of Trout. Don't know him as well as you do, Brett. Close personal friend, you are the Ahmad Rashad to his Michael Jordan, if you will. That's what you are, Brett. Uh, you call Mike Trout my main man <laughs> and everything. No, but I, I just hope he's on the up and up. I'm, I believe he is. Let it, let it be said that. Otherwise, uh, I know a coach would ring him a, a new one in uh, Roy Hallen back there at Millville. But. Uh, you know, it's a phenomenal story, and, you know, kudos to him for getting, quote-unquote, the cycle. There, can we just put a little uh, air quotes on it? Will that make you happy, McShane? No, we're going to put the boundary punch <laughs> asterisk next to it. Ah, screw your boobs, John. <laughs> screw your boobs. You know what? If, if, if anything, if this needs to just – everybody just needs to turn a blind eye, not even think twice about it, because, if anything, he knocked – Alex Rodriguez out of the record books, and that's what's most important right now. And that's a good thing, no matter who. That that's a beautiful thing. It it, it always is a beautiful thing. <laughs> now we have to and knock Jim, Aaron brought, out of all totally. And Jim, you brought yes. up a great point. It, it, I mean, it, yeah. it's really unfortunate. One of the unfortunate things I think about pro sports nowadays, and I'm sure all of you will agree, is that anytime anybody does anything incredible anymore, that there are a a, a big fraction of sports fans who immediately you know have this. See the cynical side of it. I mean, it's yeah. unfortunate in the times, but I mean, I guess it is what it is. Uh, but you know, I've well, seen this guy eat six Jim's lunch cheeseburgers in one sitting, and then go spend four hours at the gym. And I, I've seen him drive a golf ball 320 yards. I mean, it's 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 incredible the type of athlete that he is. I mean, all around. I mean, he was an all-state player on, in basketball as well in high school. I mean, that's he's right. Just yeah. a freak athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about it. And again, Mike and John are not arguing that. They're just yeah. saying that the umpire first blew a call. Yeah, he blew it. Uh, and if, you know, if that instant replay wasn't last night, Mike Trout would not have a single right now. So I see well, why. That's why instant replay should never be implemented. <laughs> now wait a minute. Now, 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 come back if a home run. To, Keeping the record books clean. Now come back, come back in a few weeks if Trout has a home run taken away from him that should have been a home run. Oh, instant replay. We need instant replay. That's that's how Brett will be. Um, no, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of instant replay as it is. I mean, I, I know what's going to happen, but I, I don't. I just don't really want to see any expanded replay. I, I kind of like the sport at, at what it is. And you know, if, if this was, if Mike Trout was a Brave, a National, or a Met, you know, yeah, he has no cycle. But he's an Angel, and it's a damn cycle. Well, and I think you also have to look at it as the game was a freaking blowout. Yeah. If it was close game, you could scrutinize the call more. But when it's you know. Uh, you know, eighty. Well, you know what? If he was a thirty-two-year-old player and this just went down as a regular old cycle that we've seen many, many, many times, it wouldn't be. But considering now that he's the youngest player to do it, 
I don't really care because, like you said, it knocks A-Rod out of the question. So Exactly. I don't I, care about that. But if it was any other player, then it would be a bigger thing because it puts him at a place where he shouldn't possibly be right now. So I mean, there's going to be there's going to be the argument of course, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of hypocrisy with this because <laughs> No, of course because well, you're, you're, you're expressing the, it quite well, Jim. <laughs> thank you. I mean like the Armando Galarraga thing with a perfect game a couple of years ago yeah. compared to this. Yeah. It's the apples and oranges thing, of course. I have a bias in this. He's the hometown boy, of course. Brett has a bias because he's the Ahmad Rashad to Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. And going back to the instant replay for a second, it's inevitable, yeah, that we're going to have expanded instant replay. But I think, Brett, you raised this point. Where do you draw the line? Well, Is it balls and strikes? Is it plays at first base? Uh, do you offer uh, managers challenges like in the NFL? Uh you know, all sorts of things like that. Will there be, and this is the one thing I think Mike mentioned on, on Touch Em All on CLW83.com, Spark, uh, on the podcast, should, it's not funny, it's an important show. Uh, <laughs> don't laugh, McShane, or else you're fired. No. Uh, were you even hired to begin with? No. Uh, you, you had mentioned it, you know, having somebody, like the NHL, Having a booth official or a war room in New York or what have you uh, would expedite the, the replay process, unlike what's going on in, say, oh, I don't know, the No Fun League, where it's right. like a five-hour uh, hoop doo just to get a call right, and they still butcher the call. Right. It's inevitable. So, well, now, The NHL's got it, got it down, and I think that was the point I was making. I mean, when they're going up to Toronto, and they're, they're reviewing every, every single thing. You know, we were talking about this, Jim. And I brought this up to Brett as well. The officiating this year just seems to be so clumsily uh, atrocious, w- worse than I can remember it in recent seasons mm-hmm. with some of the calls that have been made. Um, that to go and to put uh, some sort of review booth out there on that on 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 the uh, in the field someplace. They should put a little kiosk. It's going to slow the game down, and God knows the game's already long enough. Well, I mean, and the game's going to be even longer now. Of course, uh, T-Mobile, the official mobile provider, has their cell phones in, in the dugout. So if oh, you geez. have bad service, it's it's even worse. <laughs> no, but I, mean, I like sure. what you said, Jim. I, I'd give every manager maybe one you know one challenge a game, and maybe make uh, you know kind of have a, a centralized location that makes the calls. Maybe uh, I don't know, maybe in the eighth inning on or something, you know, along those lines. I think that would be a you know a suitable. Kind of I, would, I would not put the booth review person in the stadium. I'd leave it to a headquarters in New York. You know what? I say you do it like the NFL. Give them a flag. You throw it. If you get the challenge wrong, guess what? You can't put a relief pitcher in for two innings. <laughs> well, in our case, that wouldn't be a bad thing with with Tony Bastard. I mean, Antonio Bastardo. Right, right. <laughs> Come on, man. You know what? High-scoring games in, in baseball, I think it would be fun. I was going to say, Jim, wouldn't that benefit the Phils? Yes, it would. <laughs> it definitely thing. would. You know, throw you know, throw Kyle Kendrick in long relief. Hey, you he can do everything else, right? Spell it seems. Good Lord. I just... Well, it is what it is. But like we told Mike, you know, like Mike and I were talking about before, you know, it's, it's going to get to the point where if you're going to make it all just part of, tech, you know, you know, technology, you might as well just get rid of the umpire and put a camera over to catch his back. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, catcher cam was, you know, around 15 years ago. Why not just bring it back? Yeah. Right. 
you know, or, or embed it within the umpires. Although, of course, you know, you see their line of vision and everything's subjective, and, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they did the Quest Tech thing a few years ago in several ballparks yes. to, to check precision. Yep. Something has to be done, done, though, to the point that you guys are bringing up with the umpiring. It is atrocious this year. It absolutely is. And it, it's rightly scrutinized. There has to be some sort of... Um, I don't want to say reward system, that's not the right term, but some sort of meritocracy uh, to, you know, the umpires that, you know, are consistently good and the cowboy Joe West of the world who should be sent down to Little League. Or wait, no, I take that back. They shouldn't even be allowed to umpire T-ball. Yeah. And Angel Hernandez at that list, too. Yes. Well, that's all, you know, let's remember, uh, those umpires are all unionized. And that's, you know what? The union folded a few years back. You know, the union problems. We lost a lot of good umpires. Some good ones came up. Some bad ones came up. Umpires are replaceable. They're absolutely replaceable. True. Every single one of them is replaceable. It's it's about it's about the players. It's about the you know, the players are the game. The umpires are not the game. No. You know, and again, but when it, you know what, when when stuff like this happens, as we saw it on the Galarago, unfortunately, they take over the whole game, and it's a shame. Yeah, it absolutely is. But we've it's, seen that in every sport. Well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah uh, it, it just it's it's mind numbing. Uh, completely uh, tangential topic, if I may bring one up. Um, John, you being a a member of Yankees Universe Nation uh, uh, Galaxy, whatever the hell they call it. I am not a Yankee fan. Oh, I thought you were a Yankee fan. I'm Hell sorry. no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm miserable. I'm a Mets fan. Let me rephrase that. You being in the New York metro area, what do you make of Al Yankazira teaming up with Manchester City? I think it's dumb. <laughs> to, to form an NLS club, because I, I thought the Yankees were partnered with, like, Manchester United and at one time Liverpool in the recent past. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, just, you know... Winners align themselves with winners, I thought. And, well, Manchester City's not a winner now. It's just stupid. Dumb. Okay. Just thought I might throw that out because I, I found that interesting. I'm like, oh, maybe maybe John has a take on that. Well, That's a sidekick as well while you're at it. He's in the uh, chat room. What's he, what's he saying right now? Like New York needs another sucky soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Red Bull is really out of energy, I oh. think. Got Tony Viola in to be the goaltender I'll watch, but Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. Well, you know what, man? We got a funny story here, man. You know what? Since we got you, both of you guys on, too, I'm going to throw this out here and see what you guys think about this. Oh, is it wrestling related? Michael love it. Oh, good no. God. Wait, this is my show. <laughs> it's not. But according to DNA Info, the Barclays Center in Brooklyn is pumping out its own perfume into the arena so people can get adjusted to the smell and they can brand their own identity. It's uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn. It, it does smell. No, I was going to say, man. <laughs> but they're actually pumping in their own signature scent into the arena for branding purposes. Oh, Lordy. you got to be kidding me. Yes, the scent is a work of a company called Scentair, which creates customized smells and provides the technology necessary to spread that scent into a large venue. <laughs> so it's, it's the smell of sweaty, fat people who are eating no, pizza. Yeah, wait a minute. They do. They do go on to indicate what the aroma is, don't they, Jonathan? Um. Yeah. Where? Yeah. They, it's oh, yeah, the bacon. Having, the bacon is okay. Citrus hints. Citrus hints. That uh, basically smells like a high-end men's cologne. 
So basically, next year, or probably next week, you'll see it on the shelves at J.C. Penny. It'll be known as what Jay Z perfume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the so, this is, so they're pumping the Barclay Center full of citrus. Yes. Or a high end, oh. high end men's cologne, like you would smell if you went through. Blue yeah, cologne. you go into Barclays and you smell cool water. It's not the guy next to you that oversprayed because right. you didn't take a shower. It's yeah, I was gonna say. Trip. I mean, you know, this is this is called an instant headache, folks. Yeah, I mean, and this is, and people this is who are allergic for branding to purposes. Yeah, what are they branding? What exactly are they branding? The bar Like, do they, do they want people to come back to watch Nets games because they, because it smells? They, even though they, they eat smell. Yes, the Ron Williams may uh, suck in a place, but you know what? The Barclays smells good. Let's go. Well, you know, no wait. Let, 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 you know, here's my thinking when I first read this. We've all been to stadiums, ballparks, etc. I kind of like the aroma of, you know, the food or being at a ballpark, you know, the popcorn, the hot dogs, you know, all that kind. I kind of like that. What? Why would we want to hide that? Well, I, I mean, Mike, it's it's. Brooklyn. <laughs> what was the what was the source site for this again? Uh, DNA info. Now, when you said that, I swear to you, the first thing the thought that came out of my mind when you were saying "funny story," DNA info, baby daddy time on Mari again. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. It's, maybe it's, it's maybe Theo's going on there to see if he's the baby daddy. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, disappointment. It's funny, I but then again, were, I thought this uh, was going to be a Chris Humphrey joke. You know what? They're bringing in the stink of the Islanders though next season, so I guess you got to cover it up with something. Yeah, they moved that up, didn't they? That's yeah. Up, yeah, they were originally. It was originally two seasons away. Now it's now it's next season, I believe. So let's see. So according to DNA Info, similar strategies have been implemented everywhere from the Hershey store in Times Square to Cowboy Stadium and the Edward Jones Dome. So they're doing this in other places. Yeah. So in Cowboy Stadiums, it smells like Jerry Jones. You just gave yeah, me a great blog idea. So it should smell or a ranch, huh? It should smell like a ranch. It smells you, like this is a, a great blog idea now to to try to match up different cities and, and stadiums with a uh, with a custom scent. And you're giving me all kinds of ideas at the moment. Something I may have there to put down on paper. Yes. Yeah. The uh, the Jerry Jerry World smelling like uh, games. What do you think? Hmm. Billy's games. Uh, guys, have gotta have a cheesesteak smell in there. Gotta have some cheesesteak. All right, some tasty cakes. What? You know what? Let's you know what? Let's get this while you guys are on. Um, the whole Oklahoma City tornado down in more devastating. We all know that. Um, Kevin Durant, one of the classiest athletes I think I have ever seen, goes and donates one million dollar to the Oklahoma Tornado Relief Fund. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing person, Kevin Durant. As we all know that. Matt Kemp turns around, and um, as we all know, Matt Kemp only, I think, has, like, what, one home run this season? Um, uh-huh. He's going to donate $1,000 for every home run that he hits up until the All-Star break. That will be many $2,000 wisely. Yes. And um, I believe Matt Kemp is from Oklahoma, right? I, I, yes, it's his hometown. Yes. Um, now, this is a guy who signed a, uh, I don't know, $160 million contract, $1,000 for a guy that's not hitting home runs compared to a guy that uh, just donated a million dollars out of pocket. Um, what do you guys think about that? I, I mean, should athletes donate more, or do you think this was just uh, Matt Kemp trying to make this about him because there's a lot of comparisons going around right now? 
No, I don't think it's that at all. I mean, to be fair, Matt Kemp didn't have to do anything. I mean, we haven't – I think aside from him and Durant, we haven't seen another athlete really come out and say that they were going to do anything. Uh, I, too, had the same first impression when I heard that Matt Kemp was going to donate $1,000 uh, per home run before the All-Star break to the Oklahoma uh, Relief Fund. I, I had that impression as well that, you know, wow, this is – that's nothing. But, you know, he, and what it comes down to is he didn't have to do anything. And yeah. 99.5% of athletes out there – aren't doing anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, in that regard, uh, I'm glad that he's doing something. And also, to be fair, uh, he doesn't play in Oklahoma like uh, like Kevin Durant does. So maybe no. Kevin Durant felt more of a, uh, you know, a need to kind of go out and, and do something that extensive like he did. No. Well, it's the cynical nature, as we said, of sports. Mm-hmm. But here was my initial read on it. Kevin Durant, as Jonathan, as you just pointed out, giving a uh, million dollars out of his pocket. And it just struck me, that Matt Kemp was making it about him, not making it about what uh, what the what the issues are in Oklahoma. Yeah, well, uh, that's the general consensus going. You know, they're they're in, and this is what we've kind of been talking about a little bit here this afternoon, is the cynicism uh, that we have about sports as fans, and that's just kind of the way I read it. I just thought to myself, well, wow, you got a guy over here in in Durant, just willingly writing a check for a million dollars. I mean that's not chump change, all right. And over on the other side, you got Matt Camp. Oh, I'll give I'll give a thousand dollars for every home run that I hit. It just kind of to me it just was. Yeah, there there was something I found. Yeah, something I found really really kind of my back went up. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's some uh, rowing team, the OU rowing team down in uh, the Midwest. You know, somewhere down there, they uh, they themselves took up donations from all their. You know, team members and donated two thousand dollars. So basically, that would be probably what Matt Kemp will be donating by the All Star break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and these are college students that really don't have money. So right, and you're gonna we're gonna hear a zillion stories like this sort of thing. Uh, there was one out there the other day. I forget what what was it a baseball team or a football team that went out and um, they went they went shopping for for a whole bunch of you know for victims of uh, of the storm down there. Mm. Um, and 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 bought all kinds of necessities for, for what the folks are going to need down there. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to hear a million stories like that. Um, and, the, you know, the true euphemism of it all is wonderful. Um, but, Kemp, to me, it just kind of smacked of being egotistical. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got some numbers to be a little bit specific. Kevin Durant makes $16,669,629 this season, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's giving, you know, not exactly 10%, but not far from it, yeah. okay, for a million dollars. Kemp is making $20 million this year. $20 million. And has been since 2011. Uh, well, Correct? no. Uh, well, no. Uh, 11, uh, he made $7.1 million. Okay. 12, he made $10 million. And then the next few years, he makes over $21 million. Uh, it, it just, you know, it, it is egotistical a little bit. Uh, I mean... I want to say his heart is in the right place, but, you know, step your game up, step your chain up. You've got millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars to play with. You know, donate a couple hundred thousand. I'm not saying you have to donate a million. Well, considering he's from the area, I mean, that's his, you know, that's but, but, his area, right? I mean. But to Brett's point, I'll give Brett uh, the absolute, uh, you know, credit on this. Durant plays near where everything happened. Uh, Kemp is 10 years removed at least 
from the state of Oklahoma. Sure, but nobody's necessarily. Yeah, but we don't know if his family still lives there. If he goes there in the off seasons, and right, I mean, mean, we don't know that. So I, I, yeah, Yeah. and look, I, I understand. You know, he's he's playing in that area. That's that's fine. Yeah, but look, Jim, if he doesn't do it, that's not going to necessarily put him under a microscope. You're not going to have people going out and demanding that Kevin Durant do this. He, I don't think yeah. he did it. I don't think he did it because he plays there. I think he did it because he he, he truly was being, uh, you know, a, a human being. <laughs> oh, I I don't deny that. But let me put it to you this way: if he was playing in Boston, Miami, uh, Los Angeles, do you think Durant would have given a million dollars then? Yeah, I would. I do. I I don't think he would have given that much. I don't think he would have given as much. Not that it matters. It's the fact that he's giving and that he's helping. That's the ultimate Yeah, but, you know, but even a million dollars, I mean, he could have really turned around and just said, okay, I'm giving $500,000, which is right. still yeah, I'm, I'm, a I'm, monster listen. amount of money. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not disputing that. I Listen, Kevin Durant's awesome. I have nothing against him. I'm just saying, and maybe it's, again, the cynical side of things. Who's to say he would have donated more if he wasn't if he didn't have that close tie that he currently has in place currently, as opposed to Kemp, who is somewhat detached from where he came from? It seems to me, by comparison. Yeah, yeah. That's all. We'll see. Uh, you know, if any other athletes come out from the area, Sam Bradford being one of them. Let's see uh, what these guys start doing. Yeah, I, I'm surprised there hasn't been like a, a telethon set up yet, like there was after Sandy, like oh, there, there was be. after Katrina. There will be, Jim. Just give it time. I mean, this thing this thing is all just too fresh yet. Yeah, and and for what it's worth, let's you know quickly. You know, they'll plug. be the they'll be the charity concert or something like that. I mean, they did that right after uh, the hurricane. You know, you had the big uh, rock uh, uh, charity concert. So th- there will be something like that. And yeah, this is Walker. actually already being put together too by Blake Shelton, country artist Blake Shelton. Uh, him and his wife Miranda Lambert are both from Oklahoma, and uh, last night on the Voice, they uh, they actually said that they're going to be putting something together. So we'll see something yeah. soon. Good for exactly. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that as a you know, uh, hoping that something does happen. While we have a moment, if I may, since we're talking about donating, let's just offer out the fact that the best place to donate, as far as I'm concerned, is the American Red Cross. Uh, you can donate at redcross.org. There are ways to uh, text in. Uh, you call 1-800-RED-CROSS. You can text to, let me see if I can find it. Here it is. Text the word Red Cross to 90999. You can make a $10 donation. Uh, blood is needed as well. Uh, people with type O negative blood are encouraged to give blood when they're able to. Uh, there are many ways to, for, for us, quote-unquote, little people to uh, to help out. Because it's, it's, uh, it's not just the millions of dollars, millions of dollars. It's the fives, the tens that all add up to... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean this this disaster has got to be on the magnitude of what we just saw last fall with uh, Hurricane Sandy. Yes, I mean has anybody estimated, uh, you know, the the, the the dollars lost over a billion oh, over a billion already? Yeah. Okay, and how does that compare against Sandy? It's comparable. It's yeah. comparable. I mean, this was a a once in a lifetime kind of tornado. Well, I yep. shouldn't say that uh, because they went through one in '99, but the one the this same one passed too. Yeah, same exact town, same exact path. Right. This one is uh, said to be worse because it was uh, longer in duration. Here, here's the amateur meteorologist talking here. Uh, you're talking an EF5, which is over 200 miles an hour sustained winds, right. and it was it touched down and stayed down for 40 minutes. For right. Things. That's that's an incredible. That was the incredible statistic that I saw, because I was saying to Jonathan at the top of the show, I said we're used to tornadoes kind of touching down, being down for a couple of minutes, and bam, they dissipate. 
This thing was on the ground for 40 minutes. This was an exception to the rule when it comes to tornadoes. By they're nature. claiming that this may just be, in fact it is, I think they're saying that it is one of the worst, if not the worst, tornado uh, since they've been keeping record of uh, tornadoes. Over 100 years, yeah. This right. cyclone was three miles wide. I mean, the other yep. night I was putting it into perspective and I was picking some landmarks close to me. And, you know, when you think about exactly how far, how far three miles is, and then you picture a cyclone just wiping out everything in that path. It's that's unreal. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those delicate subjects. It's a way of life in this part of the country, in the Midwest, the Tornado Alley, but not to this extent. It's right. not a way of life. Right. Uh, in fact, there, I know we're ta- you know going off of the the path of sports here. There was. Uh, uh, one little bit of controversy with this that certain schools and certain uh, businesses did not have storm shelters. Uh, those are the ones; those are the areas where you saw the most li- loss of life. Sad to say, uh, and now the mayor in, in Moore, Oklahoma, the town uh, most affected, is trying to quickly pass legislation for new housing projects that you have to have a safe room, you have to have a storm shelter in place. And that's just common sense in that part of the country because uh, you know April through let's say September. Right. You're under the gun literally every day that there's a chance of a thunderstorm, and yeah. you know how severe it gets in, in, in the corn belt there. Well, yeah. you know, a lot of people down there are thinking because of the high groundwater levels that they can't construct basements and safe houses, but they actually can from what I was reading today. Yeah, well, the, uh, there were two elementary schools that were devastated by this. One was older than the other. The newer one had the safe rooms. Uh, the older one did not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just uh, – Same. Shame. Devastating stuff, I tell you, man. Hopefully uh, they never have to see that ever again. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, it's time to talk about our beloved Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. We we, we, we make this a habit here. Only because we love talking about them so because they're so miserable and it's fun. Um, now we got Dwight Howard expressing um, his displeasure to GM Mitch Kupchak about head coach Mike D'Antoni. Right. Um, we all know, but Dwight Howard's a free agent. Um, we all said, well, at least we said, that I don't see Dwight Howard returning to the L.A. Lakers. No. But now, here comes the decision. Do we promise Dwight Howard that we're going to get rid of Mike D'Antoni if he resigns with us, or what? Well, that's an interesting uh, dilemma, I suppose. I don't know if that's even going to necessarily help, Jonathan, uh, because... I think really what we saw from Howard this year was not an outward displeasure with the coaching, but more an outward displeasure, I think, with his teammates. Mm. So even with a new person at the helm of that team, uh, I don't think – but, you know, this is so typical of Dwight Howard. Is the guy happy anywhere, seriously? Well, you know what he's saying is that Mike D'Antoni basically uh, insulted him by going to Kobe Bryant and Steve Nash for leadership and not and totally ignoring him. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I would go to Howard. Get over it. Yeah, get over it. I mean, for God's sake. I mean, honestly, what in, in the time he's been in the NBA, what kind of leadership has Dwight Howard showed? Thank you. You know, Steve Nash. Wherever he went, he's always showed leadership qualities. Of course, I would go to Steve Nash. The last thing this, you know, look, you and I both have talked about D'Antoni, and and you know, I think both of us have come to the. Well, you said it initially that it really wasn't the right fit. No. You know, it was it was a bad move from get-go. Um, you know, would would the Lakers be better off 
trying to find someone else to run that team next year? Yeah, certainly. But oh, I, I don't think that that's going to solve the Dwight Howard problem. I'm sorry, but you know what? They they had the answer right there in Bernie Bickerstaff. Right. Mm-hmm. He took over when they got rid of Mike Brown. He knew how to use Dwight Howard. He knew how to use Kobe Bryant. And he knew how to Steve Nash all together. Well, okay, let me ask you a question. What are you reading from this? Are you reading from this that, in fact, uh, D'Antoni might be ousted just to keep uh, Howard there? Uh, I think it's going to happen, but I still don't think Dwight Howard's staying in L.A. I think he's, I don't either. You know what? I think he's going to go somewhere. I think he played his way um, out of playing for a really good team. You know, Brooklyn could have him, but I still think he's going to go to somewhere like Houston or Dallas. I, I don't think he's going to really go anywhere. Right. You know, that's uh, you know that he's going to win a championship, but it is what it is. Uh, Dwayne Howard just seems to be a miserable sort that just doesn't like any place he goes. Yep. I mean, yep. Tr- truly. You know, I, I mean, there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, oh, well, maybe the Sixers could get, you know, this, this is what happens all the time here in Philadelphia. As soon as somebody becomes available, you know, all the talk is, oh, maybe the, you know, maybe the, the Philadelphia team will get him. I don't know if I'd want Dwight Howard. I wouldn't. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. And you know what? That's what I said. When he was rumored to go to Brooklyn, everybody was like, oh, yeah, the Knicks are going to be, you know, devastated if he goes to Brooklyn. They're going to take over. No, he's not, because every time the Knicks have played Dwight Howard, they've, they've dominated him. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm fine with him going to Brooklyn if that happens. Go for it, please. I'd right. love to see that happen. I, I'd rather have Andrew Bynum. Oh wait, no, no. Oh, real, no, wait a no. minute, Jim. I was being. I was being. Andrew Bynum. No. Lakers will re-sign Andrew Bynum this offseason. They'll pretend like this never happened. They probably will. So they probably will. Well, you know, so let them do that. I'd be very happy with that. So it would stop the nonsense talk in Philadelphia about us re-signing them. Yep. I don't want the, I don't want him around. Out. Uh, resign him in. That's that's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It, it, absolutely stupid. Yeah. Of course, we've got the new general manager who you know is real high on him. Yeah. He's he's the Billy Bean of basketball, or so they claim. Yeah. Well, I like that. I like that part about him, and I heard him interviewed last week, and I I, I really liked what I heard, well, except for the fact that we know that he is a big Andrew Bynum fan. And that yeah. scares me. That really scares me. I'm going to be honest. Maybe he went uh, flamenco dancing with him and was impressed. I don't know. Maybe. Yep. I'm, I'm sure it's probably a more in-depth topic that we could that we could probably all get into a different time. But I'll tell you what. As far as when it comes to a, a guy like that in basketball, a guy that's all in the analytics, basketball is the last sport where analytics mean anything. You need oh. a superstar in basketball to win flat out. I don't care who, who you put together. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yep. Absolutely. Well, that's interesting. You're right, Brett. That, that I, I I would enjoy having that debate. I think we have to have you back on because I, for one, am a big, uh, firm believer in analytics in all sports. Well, in basketball, it's a little different analytics. So let's talk about that, though. So maybe Friday we'll talk about that. Yeah, let's get into that one. I'd like to. I'd like to do that. All right, guys. That's the end of today's show. Jim, Brett, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, guys. That was great. Thank you, guys. Good stuff. No problem. Glad to be along. Also, Friday, Mike, remind me to bring this up. Stephen A. Smith, the biggest moron. Now, what do you do? On the face of this planet, uh, just openly went on a rant against uh, RG3's fiance. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, I found that. Marathon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely talk about that. The you, last don't want to thing, save that you don't want to save that for Dumbass Monday? <laughs> maybe. But the last thing in this thing, he says, another day, another dollar, another nonsensical rant for ESPN's most visible moron. Stop a man for You know, 
Well, and listen, you know, they're doing all those layoffs. I think they laid off the wrong people. Yeah. He, make, him, make sure you add Sergio Garcia to Dumbass Monday. Yeah. Dumbass Monday would be our own favorite. Sergio Garcia to Throw Rick Riley under the bus. Anyway. We can add Sergio Garcia to Dumbass Monday for sure. Yeah. So, all right. We'll do that for Monday, though. All right. So, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank Jim and Brett Daniel for joining us today. Remember, tomorrow, Sports Blogger Radio right here on Fan Junkies Network at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. And for Friday, for Trivia Friday between Mike and myself, where we're going to try to stump each other throughout the show with some great sports trivia questions. Yep. And that starts 12 p.m. Eastern Time as well. So, for Jim, for Brett, for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you all for tuning in to Fan Junkies Radio.